world. It's your past first point guard and trailblazers reporter, Mike Richmond. You're listening to another episode of Locked on Blazers, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts. Also on YouTube, thanks for making this show your first listen. Coming at you each and every weekday, Monday through Friday. So make it a part of your daily routine. Make it your first listen. Tell your friends to do the same. It's Locked on Blazers, your team every day. In today's show, we'll recap the Blazers' loss to the Spurs. The shorthanded Blazers got dominated. Uh, they're down big early and never got back. Talk about that one. Talk about uh, first impressions of Victor Wembanyama in person. His first game in Portland did not disappoint. A, a big old crowd to see Wemby, and he put on a show in his 24 minutes. The Blazers, another sluggish start. It's kind of just who they are. Uh, we'll talk about that a little bit. And then, Baji, Baji, Baji. Ibu Baji makes his first, not his NBA debut, but plays his first significant real NBA minutes and was legitimately a fun watch uh, in his first ex- in his first real stretch of NBA playing time. That's that is what we that's what we got in store for you. Let's do what we do though. Start off with our fastest recap in the West. Blazers lose 118-105. But it was ugly in a hurry. Three and a half minutes into the game, Blazers are they've committed three turnovers. They're down 13-4 and Chauncey Billups takes a timeout. Says, "Fellas, we're down nine. We're playing without Shaden Sharp, who's 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 missing missing another game with uh, an abductor strain. We're playing without DeAndre Ayton, who's missing the game with with uh, tendonitis in his knee. We're playing without uh, Anthony Simons, who uh, woke up feeling sick today, was not at the arena because when you're sick, they don't bring you to the arena for for obvious reasons. And Duop Reef, who a little birdie told me he got hurt during you know tweaked his back during pregame warmups. He was ruled out with back soreness. So you're missing your top two centers. You're missing your starting two guards. You're going to play a game where Scoot had. Anderson, Malcolm Brogner starting alongside Tumani Kamara, Moses Brown, and Jeremy Grant. Could be a little light on offense. But we're down 13-9, okay? Take a deep breath. Scoot, Scoot Henderson, you turn the ball over on your literally your first possession of the game. You ended up getting it back, but the first time you touched it, you turned it over. Relax. Settle in. It's down nine in the first three and a half minutes. And then... The Spurs ripped off an 18-2 run coming out of that timeout and built a 31-6 lead. That lead swells to 38-10. 38-10. And the Blazers leave the, four, leave the first quarter down 38-14. Trail by as many as 28 points in the opening quarter. Uh, Portland shot 5 of 23 in the first quarter, 1 of 10 from 3. They had 6 turnovers. They had 5 made shots and 6 turnovers in the first quarter. The Spurs had 11 assists on 14 field goals. The Spurs had twice as many assists as the Blazers had made shots in the first quarter. That's how you're down 28 in the opening 12 minutes. I asked Chauncey Billups about the slow start after the game, and he said that the live turnover, the, the turnovers killed them. They just couldn't make shots, and he was at one point surprised that they even got to 10. That's how awful they were to start. And then they kind of hung in there, right? Um, you know, they were down 44-16 right at the beginning of the, the second quarter, and it's like, oh, no, are they going to lose by 40? But, um, you know, they... they they hung in there. They cut it to 45-59 at the break, down 14. Uh, but still just weren't shooting the ball well. 3 of 19 from 3, 16 of 55 overall, but 3 of 19 from 3 is the big number to know. But still, on, only down 14 uh, from, you know, if you, when you're down 28 and, and down 28 in the first quarter, down 24 after one, to be only down 14 at halftime is like, all right, maybe we can get back in this. The Spurs aren't very good. Um, and they... 
they hang in there with seven minutes in the third quarter. They're down eight with a minute and 15 seconds left in the third quarter. They're down nine single digit game with a minute left in the third, but the Spurs score the final four points of the third quarter, um, on a Zach Collins free throw and, uh, a Trey Jones put back to put them up 87, 74, 13 point lead heading into the fourth quarter. But again, 13, Final 12 minutes, you've been awful on offense to start this game. Uh, You had six turnovers in the first quarter, just two in the second and two in the third. Really a clean basketball game so far and down 13, but the Spurs just rip off a little mini run in the opening opening three minutes of the the fourth quarter. 11-4, a little 11-4 spurt. That pushes a 13-point lead to 20, and that is pretty much your ball game. Blazers couldn't get back in it from there. They lose 118-105. That's your fastest recap in the West. Uh, career high from Scoot Henderson, 25 points, three boards, four assists. Uh, he had six turnovers. Uh, the Blazers actually only finished with 13 after six in that first quarter. They only had seven the rest of the way, two in the second, two in the third, three in the fourth. Played a pretty clean basketball game. Uh, shot really totally fine from three in the second half. Made eight three-pointers, shot 47% from three. They just started so poorly, so poorly that they that they really couldn't overcome it. Um, Scoot notably had 12 points in the fourth quarter when the game was kind of out of hand. Uh, but... You know, 25 is 25 in the box score. No doubt about it. Uh, Malcolm Brogdon, a season high, 29 points, finished six of eight from three. Didn't didn't play well at the beginning of the game. Malcolm Brogdon had two air balls in the first quarter, but hit five threes in the second half, finished with a, a season high 29 to go with six boards and six assists. Uh, 29 from Jeremy Grant, who had 10 boards and five assists. Jeremy Grant filling up the box score. Um, Tumani Kamara, one point in his 21 minutes. Moses Brown had four to go with seven boards. Jabari Walker, six off the bench. Matisse Thibel, four off the bench, one of seven from three. Uh, tough, tough night. And then Ibu Baji came in, played 14 minutes, his first Bucket was a dunk, finished with seven points, nine boards, and blocked three shots. We'll talk about a bunch about Baji to end the show. Um, a, a bright spot. No no doubt about it, an absolute bright spot, uh, Ibu Baji. On the Spurs side, uh, Malachi Brandon, your starting, your starting point guard, finished with 13 points, f- five boards, and four dimes, 17 from Devin Vassell, 16, and seven boards from Jeremy Sohan. Julian Champagny had two off the bench, Zach Collins, 11. Keldon, big body Johnson had nine. Eight points, five boards, six assists for Trey Jones off the bench. Doug McDermott added eight. And Jetty Osman had four. And then Big Vic, Wemby was nuts. 30 points, six boards, six assists, seven blocks in 24 minutes. 36, six, and seven blocks in 24 minutes, a dominant showing, dominant showing, 9 of 14 from the floor, 2 of 4 from 3, made all 10 of his free throw attempts, um, one turnover, a bon- just a bonkers game, a bonkers game for him, um, you know, <laughs> this was in some ways going to be heading into the season, the 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 first meeting of Scoot Henderson and Victor Wembanyama, and it was and Scoot was good twenty you know I mean eight of twenty three from the floor and scored a bunch in garbage time but like he 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 has sort of a relentlessness to him that you can appreciate like he's going to be inefficient I'm not even, at this point I'm not even going to ding Scoot for like being a thirty percent from the shooter like he's just what he is um that will that will be criticism he gets later in his career but like 
Vizcu was an afterthought in this game compared to Victor Wembanyama, who was the best player on the court. It was freaking incredible. It was incredible. Uh, let, let's talk a little bit more about Wemby, a little bit more about the sluggish start in the second in the in the second segment. Before we do that, I want to tell you, dear listener, about Prize Picks. It's daily fantasy made easy. I play Prize Picks on the app. It's super simple. How it works is you pick whatever sports you want to play the NBA, the NHL, the NFL, and you make an entry between two and six players, and you're just going above or below the, the lines set by prize picks. So prize pick sets, I play the NBA, so things like points, rebounds, steals, assists, blocks. I set, prize pick sets the, sets the stat projections. I go more or less than their projections. Just you versus the numbers, no field, no sharks, no nothing. Just you versus the numbers, and when you win, you can win 25 times your money. If you go, if you go a clean six for six, but you don't have to go six for six, you can win money getting four out of your six picks right uh it's it, it's super fun to play super easy to play and right now you can go to pricepicks.com slash locked on nba and use the code locked on nba get a first deposit match up to 100 they're going to match you dollar for dollar up to 100 bucks if you're a first time user but you got to go to pricepicks.com slash locked on nba and use that code locked on nba it's prize picks daily fantasy made easy all right Let's talk a little more about Wemby. Um, this was a game where he was the best player on the floor and it wasn't close. Um, it was a game where, you know, it's their stadium's full, right? Stadium's full. And Victor Wembanyama got huge cheers coming out of, um, coming out when he was announced in, in the starting lineups. Like people were there to see Wemby and he gave them the full show. But, um, you you know, I, I mentioned this was kind of billed as the Scoot versus Wemby thing, but it, it wasn't, it didn't, it, it isn't that now. It isn't that because Victor Wembanyama is, you know, neck and neck with Chet Holmgren. Holmgren might end up winning it because people like sometimes value winning for rookie of the year. Sometimes they don't value winning. It's weird. It's weird. <laughs> it's weird how that criteria works, but like whatever it is, Victor Wembanyama is, you know, the best player from his own draft class and, and the first or second best rookie currently playing first year player currently playing in the NBA. And he is at times flashes this like generational ability. Uh, he is a player we've never seen. 7-5, pretty fluid handle, really good shooting touch, um, and just a menace on defense. And, and I think that's, you know, the scoring was in, it was pretty impressive because, you know, he scores on lobs, he scores on little fadeaway jump shots, took advantage of little guys by just shooting over the top. I think early in, in the season when I watched him, sometimes he'd, he'd try to maybe sometimes try to bully little guys on switches, just shoot over them and don't fall away. And he, he did that well, um, you know, Moses Brown is big and the Blazers stayed big and they put a seven foot two guy and, you know, they didn't have any other options because, because DA and, and Duop Reith were hurt, but like they stayed big. They switched some pick and rolls. And every time they switched, Wemby rolled hard and, you know, either caught the ball around the rim and scored easily over the top of someone or caught a lob. Um, he, he just, he, he, he had such a physical advantage in this game and he, and he dominated on offense. And then on defense, he just, he just scared the Blazers just from score like the Blazers were nine of 50 19 of 53 in the paint um 38 paint points the Spurs had 60 in, in the at the rim uh or 60 in the paint like 
this was a, a dominant showing with seven blocks in 24 minutes and altering shots and guys, you know, thinking that they had space and that they didn't and then pulling up short on stuff because they didn't want to go all the way to the rim after he had stuffed him. Moses Brown got the ball inside three times and got blocked three separate times when he has the ball with his feet towards the baseline and inside position and Victor Wembanyama just towering over him from behind blocking shots. Moses Brown is 7-2. And Vic's just bigger than him and dominated him size-wise. Um, you know, I thought Baji came in and gave good minutes, but he didn't play a ton guarding Victor Wembanyama. And um, uh, like even then, just Vic's ability to just understand space and roll in, roll into spots and get you know space on the wing, and they run little cross screens for him to catch it um, over on the right the right wing and the right like sort of baseline extended and let him go to work as a playmaker, as a shooter, as a driver, getting, getting into the middle of the court. Like it's just, freaking, he was just really good. He was really he was the best player on the court by a lot. He was dominant in 24 minutes. Um, you know, if you were lucky enough to be there, he was worth the price of admission. He's a really special player, even in warmups. There's a ton of fans out watching him warm up because it's like seven, five. And doing what he does with the, with this like with his skill set, we've never seen something like this. Um, he was he was great. Uh, I I um, enjoyed watching him for sure. I, I think um, I wish it. I wish the Blazers weren't down twenty eight in the first quarter because a competitive game where it's like you you know where, where Wemby has to make plays against uh, you know when the game is in the balance would have been way more entertaining for the viewing public. But he was dominant in this game. Um, this is just another in a long string of terrible starts for the Blazers. They've had them. I think in other games, they have come out not playing hard enough um, and playing a little lackadaisical and not playing, you know, not playing with like sort of the the fight and the scrap that, that Billups, Billups uh, Chauncey Billups will talk about. I don't think tonight's game was about lack of effort at all. That That's not at all what my read was. I think tonight's game was about just bricks <laughs> like they just couldn't make shots and they couldn't make shots because they can't get clean shots they couldn't get all the way to the rim because Victor Wembanyama was there uh Malcolm Brogdon took a while to make shots Jeremy Grant was inefficient early in this game um you know he, he finished 9 of 21 from the floor he made his free throws that's uh, Jeremy's 10 of 13 from the free throw line or got to the free throw line I should say because sometimes he shoots better than that but like he was one of five from three um and 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 he he you know, he ended up shooting this 50% from two, but he was, this was not like the particularly early, just a hyper-efficient night. They missed Amphrey Simon so much in this game. You know, I've talked about a bunch here, just how easy, how much easier Ant makes the game because he commands attention on offense. He can, you know, he can shoot. So he changes the geometry because he can shoot off the dribble. You know, he can get into the paint. They send two to the ball. He just opens up so much stuff for him. And he's like, he's just by far their best offensive player for the, like for just the dynamic that he brings, the different ways he can score and the different ways he can attack and the, and the defensive attention he commands. And, and like, he's made the game when he's played, you know, when he's been healthy, he's, he's, he's just obviously made the game so much easier for his teammates. And they are missing that. They're missing that. They, they were missing it. I think, um, without him, they just can't score enough points to be a competitive team. Like they just can't score. They just can't score enough. They finished shooting under 35% from the floor in this game, just 30, uh, under 31% from three they missed free throws uncharacteristically. They missed eight free throws in this game, but like you shoot 35% from the floor and shoot 30% from three. You're going to lose most of those games. You're going to lose them. Um, it's just, it's tough. Like, um, 
you know, the Blazers uh, won the rebound, you know, dominated the offensive glass and, and second chance points, but they, you know, they had significantly more shooting possessions, took 101 field goals, and they um, compared to just 85 for the Spurs and, and had were at plus four on the free throw line. So it's 20 more shooting possessions, roughly, like, um, and you still get creamed. They just needed Anto, you know, so this is just like, in some ways, a make or miss league. Um, it's not always that. There's more to it than that, but it's ball. the ball go in is usually the best way to um, to remedy an offense that's struggling. And the Blazers' offense are struggling a little bit. They missed Anthony Simons. Malcolm Brogdon took too long to get going. Jeremy Grant is just like, he's such an isolation scorer. Like, he's just going to make tough shots or miss tough shots. He, he doesn't score in the flow of the offense unless Ant is there to create a flow of the offense. Like, otherwise, you're just saying, like, it's just like Jeremy Grant, catch, look, 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 try to score. Like, and he just, he, he takes isolation buckets and hard buckets, and he's not, even though, again, like, he rebounded and passed tonight. He's not, he's not a flow of the offense. A rebounded and got assist tonight. He's not like a flow of the offense type of, type of guy. He's, um, you know, he's, he scores the way he does. He's pretty deliberate and pretty, um, and takes a bunch of difficult shots. And they needed, they just needed more help. And you know, starting the game with Moses Brown and Tamani Kamara in there, two pretty negative offensive players. It's like you just, they don't have enough juice. They don't have enough juice. I don't. I didn't come away saying like, oh, they played like, you know, they 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 played so like, you know, not hard enough. They didn't bring it in the first quarter. I've thought that after some games recently where it's like. Why weren't they just playing harder? This wasn't a game where it was like, you know, against the Wizards where it's like they turned the ball over three times in the first 90 seconds and it's like, hey, what's up? Like, are they are they focused in this one? Um, this was just like, you know, they did turn the ball over a bunch in the first quarter, but it, uh, for me it was the bricks. They just couldn't make shots. Malcolm Brogdon airballed two shots in the first quarter. Like, um, some of that's Victor Wembanyama. A lot of that is Anthony Simons. A lot of that is just who they had available. Um, but it's who they are. They come out and play. They 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 take a while to get into games. Um, and you know, Billups has has just kind of tried to motivate them in public by doing the whole we don't have enough alphas. We don't have an alpha thing. Certainly, try to motivate them behind the scenes. Um, at some point, it's just kind of who, who the DNA of this particular team. Um, you wish they were different. Right now, they're not, and maybe they'll they'll develop it, or maybe they won't. But like, I don't, I kind of think this is who they are going to be for a while, um, who they're going to be for a while. And the first quarter, that was the game. That was the game. Down twenty eight in the first quarter. That's your ball game. Uh, if you're a long time listener to the program, you know that the number that I think is like truly the game's over is twenty nine. Um, it's like hey, you're not coming back from that. You're down thirty eight ten and forty four sixteen. Um, you know, 38, 10 in the first quarter, 38, 14, when the buzzer sounds at the end of the first quarter, just like you have to play so perfect to win the final three quarters by 25. And the Blazers had a couple opportunities, but it's so much energy to get back there to cut that lead to eight with at like the seven minute mark of the third quarter and cut that lead to nine at the, at the minute, minute 15 mark of the third quarter. It's like you, you need to be. You'd need to be so darn good to get all the way back from down 28 that it's just it the, your margin for error is so small, and if the other team makes you know a couple timely buckets, you're going to lose. And the Spurs, you know, uh, literally an 11-4 spurt to open the first three minutes of the fourth quarter, and that's your ball game. They put Jeremy Grant back in after at, you know t- like two minutes into the the fourth quarter, and it's like, well, we're about to be down 20. Uh, can he help us? Probably not. It's just it's too big of an ask. It's tough, tough for him. But it, but there was a there was a true positive from this game, like a true fun part of this game, undeniable. 
rookie or you know making his debut as rookie last season but making his NBA debut this week and playing for the playing real NBA minutes for the first time in his career two-way player Ibu Baji comes in and provides a spark a spark let's talk about the spark and the real enjoyment of watching Baji get loose or at least be gigantic and play his butt off. That's what we'll do to close the show. Before we do that, I want to tell you about FanDuel. It's America's number one sports book. And as we head down the stretch run of the NFL season, I want to remind you that FanDuel is the official part, an official partner of the NFL, and they want to give you some money. If you make a $5 money line bet on any game, that is $5 for any team to outright win the game, they'll give you $150 of bonus bets. It's $150 in bonus bets if your team wins. 150 bucks to go have some fun. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is super easy to use. A wide range of betting options, including things like spreads, player props, over-unders, live betting, futures betting, parlays to your heart's content. Uh, whatever you're looking for, you're going to find it. So if you want to get involved and you want to get a chance at that 150 bucks in bonus bets for one $5 money line bet, visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOnNBA. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOnNBA. On NBA, it's FanDuel, an official partner of the NFL. Still a pass first point guard. I'm still Mike Richmond. You are still listening to Locked on Blazers. Ibu Baji played 14 minutes. 14 minutes. The Blazers were plus 11 in those 14 minutes. It was a game that the Blazers lost by 13, which means if you're scoring at home, in the other 34 minutes that were played in this game, the Blazers, the Blazers were outscored by 24. Baji's minutes, positive. All of the other minutes, deeply negative. I mean, part of that is like you're down freaking 38-10 <laughs> in the first quarter, and then he checks in and he plays well, and like they were they were searching for it. You know, um, heading into the game when you don't have DeAndre and you don't have Duop Reith, uh Going to start Moses Brown. And I thought the Blazers would lean small. And they did. They started to lean small. And they played Jabari Walker at center. And they played those backup minutes with kind of that full switchy wing heavy lineup. But they needed size. The Spurs, you know, they play big with, with Wembenyama because he's freaking 7'5". But even off the off the bench, it's, it's Zach Collins, who is you know, a seven footer, another, he's not like super, he's not super wide or anything, but he's like, he's not, not a, not a tiny little, tiny little power forward masquerading as a backup center. He's a big dude. So the Blazers needed size and, and they also just needed a jolt of something. They needed like, okay, none of this is working. Let's try anything else. So anything else, Dibu Baji? who made his NBA debut earlier this week when he played 54 seconds of garbage time. But this was his first, like, real bona fide come-in-the-game-when-it-matters um, NBA action. You know, he was on the team last year as a two-way player but never made an appearance, had a back injury, um, and just... Um, he spent most of his time with the team. They didn't send him... The, they didn't have a G League team at the time, um, and they didn't send him, assign him to anywhere in the G League because they wanted him in-house. They wanted him to kind of, like, learn from the... You know, spend time around the team and learn from the coaches and felt like they'd get the most out of him by him being in-house. Um, which is kind of the approach that they've taken often with not having a G League team. It's just now that they like finally, finally after many moons, agreed that it is actually valuable to have this uh, developmental program, particularly the way the Blazers have it, which is very close and at, at their own practice facility. But like, you know, he didn't play last year. So we just heard about Baji. And then he played in Summer League and it's like, 
okay, he's, he's big. Um, you know, he's playing a bunch of minutes. I was not really, I didn't come away from summer league super, super excited about him. Um, I thought like, yeah, big, big athletic project. We'll see what he becomes tonight. He still doesn't really know what he's doing. Um, but boy, is he fun. His first bucket, um, is a huge putback dunk. He dunks home a miss. He screams. The Blazers bench goes nuts. Uh, Blazers assistant coach Steve Hetzel particularly was was hyped. Um, he said some words I cannot repeat on the podcast, but uh, at the end of the sentence, it was, let's go, Baji, yeah, Baji. And they were happy for Ibu because, you know, they see him behind the scenes. They see him working. They know what he's like, trying to become. And then he gets in the game and immediately provides a whole bunch of energy. He had a, a, a block shot at the rim where he was kind of out of the picture and Zach Collins thinks he's getting an easy layup and Baji comes from the baseline basically out of bounds meets Collins at the rim and swats it out of bounds he had another put back dunk, put back dunk where he'd reach behind his head and slammed like he's fun he finished with seven points nine boards block three shots like he and, and he had another block where it was a goaltend because he kind of got the ball and just on the way down but he's way up there like around the square to block the little floater like plays hard block shots, rebounds, is gigantic the entire time. Like I said, he doesn't really know what he's doing. It's clear that he's just kind of playing. Um, you know, his I, I would say he's a much better help defender when it's like, oh, that guy's going to go to the rim. I'm going to go be giant at the rim. One of his, his plays when he blocked the shot of the rim, he just kind of rotated over, jumped up with two hands, and just kind of swallowed the ball hole with two hands. Couldn't hold on to it, goes out of bounds, the Spurs get it back, but it's like, he basically two-hand blocked it with his wrists. As a help defender, I'm going to go challenge you at the rim. He's got that concept down, and he's he's huge. Like, he's, he's seven feet tall with super long arms, and he can jump. Like, he's he's very big and fun. Um, but, like, guarding the ball in front of him, he, he's pretty slow laterally. He kind of, he can get a little reachy. He had some uh, some foul. The, the fouls he committed were when it was, like, him having to guard the ball right in front of him. He's He has, like, this help defender instincts, and he really understands protecting the rim. And he plays his butt off. And I like, when you're looking at a young player who's not super polished, who's, like, literally playing their first ever NBA minutes, and they come in and just play their absolute butt off and make a couple impact plays as defender, make some, you know, get some rebounds in traffic, dunk home some some misses, you know, you know, basically, he's, you know, he's all, he's had three baskets, right? But um, it's just tipping in rebounds, dunking home rebounds, making making plays like that. Got to the foul line, made a, made his first, missed his second. But like, they were positive in in, in Baji's minutes. I don't think he's pr- he's probably not capable of playing much more than f- fourteen. Like I, like you know, just sort of in terms of like, there would be diminishing returns if you asked him to do more. Like for most young players, like if they, if you you give him a small limited role, hey come play seven straight but two seven minute spurts you can get the most out of them when you extend them a little longer so they can kind of get exposed or they can you know just like what they don't do well can get magnified but um you know i don't like baji's not gonna break into that he's not gonna break into the um into the rotation that's that's not that's not realistic but i will say this say the blazers are fully healthy da's da's there duopri's there those are the dudes who are going to play um if I if I had to choose right now, like, um, hey, who's our emergency third center if things go wrong? Can who can give us like six positive minutes? I might just based on tonight alone lean Baji over Moses Brown. Um, you know, Brown is is a, like certainly a little more polished than Baji, but 
does not have the freakish athleticism and does not um, does not seem to have the the motor that runs as hot. Um, yeah, like Brown is on a standard NBA contract. He's going to be active dang near every night. Baji's on a two way deal. Um, he has you know 50, 50 games to be active on the active list before the Blazers have to make a decision. Um, I don't think that it's he's going to leapfrog Brown, but like based on what we the little bit we've seen of, Mo, of Big Mo Brown. And based on the very little bit, like, you know, basically he played, what, 54 seconds the other night and played a 14.08. So like, we're talking 15 total minutes of, of, of Ibubaji in the NBA. Give me Baji. Give me Baji all day. Um, hopefully he can, he can develop more uh, as, as a lob threat. You know, I don't think he's going to be like this pick and roll maestro. He didn't, doesn't really set big physical screens yet and to kind of doesn't. Um, you know, barely made contact on his screens and kind of just rolls into nowhere when he's rolling. He's just like, oh, cool, I'll get out of the way now. Like he's not rolling with purpose. Kind of the same way he's kind of confused on on the, the sort of individual defense stuff. He's like, okay, I'm going to be in the way. I'm going to be active. Uh, he's not polished. This this is not this is not the diamond, right? This is like you have you are seeing the glimpses of of a player that is still a ways away, but is fun. And if the Blazers find themselves in a position where they just need some developmental minutes or they just need an emergency energy center because of injuries or because of, um, you know, because of, uh, you know, foul trouble. And in, in the course of a game, I don't really believe in foul trouble. That's why I was almost not going to say it. There's no such thing as foul trouble. You can just foul out. You can just play till you have six fouls, play your, nor- do up breathing and just play his normal number of minutes until he fouls out. There's no such thing as foul trouble. Um, but like, I would lean Baji. It's fun. He's fun. He's been fun. And I think like in this season and this where they are kind of like, you need fun. The Blazers are, they're four and 11 at home. They're four and 11 on the road. They're eight and 22 overall. They lose a lot of games and they're inconsistent. And, and, you know, we'll see what they're like when they're fully healthy, if they ever get there or like what their version of fully healthy is. And when Ant and Shea and DA and, and, and do upper back and like what they can be. But for right now, and who knows, they play the Spurs again tomorrow night. Um, Hard to know if if Simons will be healthy enough to give it a go. Um, no updates on 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 Da and Shane Sharp. The Blazers start a huge long road trip on 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 January first in Phoenix. So like, uh, you know, will those guys be? Will they hold them out for the for the trip, or will they they let them play um, on Friday nights? You know, who knows? And and when they play, Baji won't be part of won't be a factor in all those things. But like. If they continue to be shorthanded or if they find themselves where they are making a decision like who should who should be active on this particular evening? Give me Baji. He's been fun. He was fun tonight. He's fun. And like in a in a year, in a season, searching for fun, that fun just dunked home two misses, roared about it, got the bench all hyped up and played his butt off and blocked shots at the rim and just generally plays hard and plays with kind of a, a, a sort of level of abandon that you can appreciate. If nothing else, that's pretty cool. All right, that is going to do it for today's show. Uh, how about this? We'll do five more of these next week. Uh, you've got uh, you've got the Blazers play Friday night against the Spurs. So uh, next time you hear my voice, uh, I'm just going to go ahead and tell you sometime early on New Year's Eve, I will publish that one for you. Uh, Look for that. Look for that episode. We'll talk about the Spurs, the second Spurs game. Victor Wembanyama is not going to play, according to the San Antonio Express News. Jeff McDonald uh, not going to play. Uh, so no Wemby tomorrow night. 
talk about the second meeting with the Spurs, and we'll look ahead to a long road trip where the Blazers have extended stays in Texas and New York. So we do five days a week, wherever you get podcasts and also on YouTube. Tell your friends about the program. I appreciate you listening. I'll talk to you soon.